Someone who's reaching retirement age today, but who failed to start saving until the age of 40 is probably following advice from the mid-1990s, actually around the time that floppy disks were being phased out. A lot has changed since then, and today we'll do our best to weed out the old-fashioned tips that have not stood the test of time. Money Matters USA with Fred Sage. And you also need to work with your advisor to create multiple income streams. You're at the right place for information every week regarding all the components of a successful retirement plan. Asset allocation is really a driving force for how much your accounts are going to grow. Fred Sade is a financial fiduciary and retirement specialist. I have to put the client's interest ahead of my own pocketbook at, at all times. I must be able to justify why I'm making the recommendations. Money Matters USA with Fred Sade. Hey, welcome. It's Money Matters USA, the podcast devoted to retirement planning and strategies with someone who's devoted his life to that, his career to that. And that is Fred Sade. Fred Sade holding a PhD in economics from Duke University. He's the founder and managing director of Money Matters USA. Fred is a fiduciary and he's all about getting people set up with the right strategies for their retirement. Fred, hey, here we go again. Good to be with you. Same here. Looking forward to it. You're telling me floppy disks are not a thing anymore? Is that what you're saying? Uh, I should phase my floppy disks out? (laughs) Um, Well, you you know, um, I I recently dumped uh, not just floppies, but, you know, those those small hard diskettes. Yeah. I don't have any of them. I have no way, wouldn't have any way to play them. Uh, You know, it's it's like in your car. I mean, we, we went from the eight track to the cassette to now it's uh, CD, you know, c- but then... CDs. Uh, and I've, I've even seen some cars that don't even have CDs. No. I mean, it's 100 uh, percent, you know, the Internet uh, using one of the either uh, Sirius XM or using one of the Internet services. Thank goodness. Music. I'm glad they still yeah. have radios on there. That's one good thing. <laughs> They've left them in. That's good. It's just <laughs> so far but, so good. It, it's like a panel of choices now in your car. It really is. Yeah, well, it's quite amazing. You didn't bring up the floppy disk because we're looking at some things that are could be outdated now in retirement planning, as you indicated earlier. So I'm just going to be interested in tapping into your brain on this. You know, we've all heard about the 60-40 split. What, what is that and how is that possibly outdated? Well, it's an old-fashioned way of looking at things, 60% equities, 40% bonds. And um, you then use the, the bonds and maybe dividend-paying stocks to generate uh, income. And then as you aged, you, you then could, if you wanted to, alter the split so that uh, you got you got more bonds than uh, than equities now the 60/40 concept is based on modern portfolio theory it's the bell curve uh, so uh, it, the in the in the bell curve the uh, right side of the bell curve you, uh, usually indicates success when when the market is going up and the left side, which is usually indicating that things aren't doing uh, doing so well, and the 60/40 portfolio was was the historic uh, way of doing that. But uh, today, um, there there are other uh, allocations that people are 
are using, and it partly it's a function of of, um, of bonds uh, not really generating substantial amounts of retirement income. The 40-year rise of the capital gain in bonds has has come to uh, has come to an end. So there are a lot of different uh, types of of allocations uh, that are that are being uh, done, and there are also bond substitution strategies, and um, that also uh, opens up the role of, of when do you use treasuries. Because Greenspan was the last secretary, tre- uh, secretary of uh, the head. Excuse me, I said secretary of labor. I was going to say. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's right. a good one. <laughs> yeah. uh, he Greens- was way Greenspan. more powerful than that. <laughs> well, may- may- maybe in his family he was the secretary. His Fed chairman. Would you consider that <laughs> right? Would Fed well, would Fed chairman in your mind be, if not yeah, the most powerful the position? Yeah, that's the one I'm referring. But to. that's the big yeah. Kahuna Prize, though, right? Is is that like one of the most powerful positions <laughs> in the country? Yeah, it is, it is powerful. But yeah. I was going to—I was trying to—I was trying to get out as I got lost someplace <laughs> but between Chicago and uh, and Des Moines. Uh, is that uh, is is that uh, Greenspan was the last Secretary of the Treasury who insisted that uh, Treasury rates uh, produce a positive yield, uh, yeah. and since then they, they've been negative yield. So, mm-hmm. so using Treasuries in an allocation strategy. Uh, is is very difficult to uh, to work out and make that and, and make that uh, work. So uh, p- people use uh, different uh, uh, sectors of the economy. Uh, if they have long positions, they they may be using hedging uh, of of some kind. Uh, uh, usually, long positions uh, can be easily hedged with a straddle. Uh, so you're getting the income from from the straddle, and whether the thing goes up or down, you're still fine. Uh, it's um, and, and of course people are are substituting uh, fixed index annuities uh, for bonds, and and uh, that that is producing uh, a very nice uh, return. I've also seen uh, people hedge those uh, as well, particularly. Uh, on 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 Rylas, uh, which which are registered uh, uh, index uh, uh, annuity products, and uh, you, and those can be hedged uh, uh, as well. So, well, uh, it's it's yeah, it's 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 a different it's a different mix. Well, so not only is Fred going through what what could be outdated now in in retirement strategies, but he's offering alternatives more in in line with twenty twenty one thinking. Uh, hard to believe we're almost at 2022. By the way, second half of the podcast is going to, Fred's going to take a look at some changes that are coming in 2022. Well, let's look at debt then, how people look at debt. It, should that be different now than it was in the past? Yeah, it was considered, uh, oh, terrible to carry a mortgage into retirement. Today, that's that's not the case. Uh, many people, including many of my clients, uh, are taking a mortgage uh, into uh, retirement, they're taking larger amounts of debt uh, with them, and um, the mortgage debt is not necessarily toxic. It depends on on why people have the mortgage debt. In a lot of cases, they refinance to get lower interest rates to free up capital, 
uh, or they may very well have um, take, done cash out refis uh, to improve their skills, their risk level, uh, that, uh, to be able to get a better, better job, improve, improve their own uh, situation, make home improvements uh, that were necessary. So uh, it's, it's, not the, it's not the end uh, of the world. You just have to build the, the mortgage payment uh, into uh, your retirement uh, funding goal. And as long as you can handle it, then, then that's uh, fine. As long as these interest rates stay as low as they are, it, be, it becomes a less uh, powerful argument to say that uh, you, you should just have uh, equity in, in, your, in your house. So I'm not saying that the mortgage burning uh, party is over, but I think it's a less compelling argument uh, because if you look, if you look at um, assets holistically, uh, then you've got to look at uh, uh, housing wealth and, and what are you going to do with that, that equity? Because uh, for many people, uh, their, their home is, is, their, is their biggest investment, much more uh, than their retirement account. So with a lot of equity tied up in the house, what are you going to do with that equity? That becomes an issue. Dividend stocks and a heavy concentration only only on that. Is that um, where, where are we now? What should we be doing now? Well, some people are still, as, as, they, as they like to call themselves, dividend hounds and, and buy dividend stocks. The problem with most dividend stocks is they don't, they don't go much over uh, 2%. And, and that is not uh, a sufficient amount of uh, income that can be uh, thrown off. Also, in the, uh, in the income harvesting uh, strategy, uh, it's a much more effective strategy uh, to have non-dividend paying uh, ETFs uh, are, will, ge- will generate uh, a bigger return uh, for you and uh, will, will provide more income uh, eventually in the harvesting. So once, once the uh, concept of, of how to alter uh, the, the income harvesting uh, has changed, and, and um, then it, it makes you look at the issue uh, very differently because you're, you're trying to not only uh, be efficient in, in harvesting income, you also want to see what's going to leave the largest legacy uh, for my spouse, my heirs, uh, or maybe to a favorite uh, school or institution or, uh, or charity. And, and uh, just harvesting from dividend-paying stocks are not going to do that. By the way, as we go over some of these strategies, keep in mind that Fred, no matter where you're listening to the podcast, can help you and guide you to and retirement into and through retirement. 800-593-8188. Again, 800-593-8188. A couple more to look at uh, that could be more of thinking of the past. Uh, and uh, one is simply, uh, I mean, just going with target date funds. Yeah, there's a lot of research that's that's being done, particularly by John Hancock uh, Distributors, and, and they're finding that uh, target date funds are a lot more complicated uh, than we thought. Uh, originally, we thought that it was just a switch from equities to uh, to bond-driven uh, assets, and now they're they're finding that uh, that that that. Uh, view is is too uh, simplistic, and so uh, there. What John Hancock is uh, suggesting that uh, that uh, that if target date funds are are used, they not be used in in isolation, because their their research is indicating that uh, we don't fully 
understand target date funds, uh, so it's not a set it and forget it uh, uh, proposition anymore. And there are other alternatives. Uh, obviously, you could do you could do a bond fund if if you're convinced that that's what you want to do. But there are alternatives to to that. If, if the name of the game is, is uh, you have to produce a certain amount of income, it has to meet your funding goal. And if you're and if the income produces excess your fu- excess and above your funding goal, then there has to be a way to to deal with that to maximize uh, your accumulations and have uh, tax efficient uh, and effective distribution uh, as a legacy for your heirs, spouse, institution, charity, whatever whatever it is that's important to you. And finally, we've talked about uh, Bill Bingham's four uh, percent rule, and he's even backtracked on that. Yeah, yeah. And now he's talking about a four and a half percent rule. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, I I sit in know a lot of these um, uh, retirement groups, particularly uh, on Facebook, and 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 people are still wedded to this four uh, percent. Uh, rule and and it's it's a dangerous concept because it's a 50 50 uh, portfolio of stocks and bonds it doesn't care if the market's going up down sideways doesn't care about inflation doesn't care about losses doesn't care about anything other than following the formula well what, what that that 50 50 doesn't necessarily work you have to alter the allocation uh, as we indicated earlier and be beyond uh, altering the allocation, you have to you have to look at your longevity. Now, what happens if, if you live thirty seven years or thirty two years, even thirty one years? I mean, if you're out of money right. in thirty, what what yeah. do you do for your next trick? So, <laughs> ben, 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 the, just just um, uh, working with with Bengen's idea is really a very unsophisticated way. It's okay if you want to start the conversation from Bangan, but it's not the place where you should just accept that by default. Yeah, good point. Good starting point, at least. But uh, that's what Fred is about. Of course, the strategy is based on where we are now for your retirement, and also, as he does, looking ahead on your behalf, too, and keeping up with changes that are in each individual client's life and changes out of Washington, which we'll take a look at here in a moment. But just a reminder to get in touch with Fred to set up a consultation, whether it's a meeting that's that's a, a, a distance meeting online, virtual, or if you are in, the, in his area uh, to come to his office, 800-593-8188, 800-593-8188. Well, at the time of uh, recording the podcast, we're closing in on 2022. So if you're closing in on retirement, Stick around. Fred's going to outline how retirement will be different in 2022. Do you ever feel like you are fighting for financial knowledge? You can get a copy of our hot off the press 401k survival guide or take advantage of a complimentary consultation valued at over $999. Contact Fred Sade at Money Matters USA, 800-593-8188, Hey, we're back with Money Matters USA. Fred Sade, founder, managing director of this fiduciary firm, Money Matters USA. Fred is about building retirement plans in a, in a custom fashion, taking that custom approach in a fiduciary manner. 
Fred Sade also is a regular contributor to many financial publications and websites, and he can contribute to your custom retirement plan with a phone call to 800-593-8188. And Fred does keep up with changes in the retirement universe. So, you know, every year there's some changes. 2022, we're looking at uh, how some things will be a little bit different. Um, Fred, this is uh, not a bad thing here. Um, it'd be nice if it would be like this every year, I guess, for Social Security recipients, but pretty big bump for Social Security recipients. Yeah, uh, very, very big. It's a historic uh, uh, increase, 5.9%. And um, it, it is because of uh, inflation, which has increased the uh, cost of uh, everything, food, fuel, health care, housing. That's the good news, that, um, that, that there's a big bump. Bad news is that everything else has, uh, has gone up. Yeah. So for kind the of matches it, doesn't it? <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. It just kind of matches where we are inflation-wise. Yeah, it, uh, it does. I mean, when, when, when we look at the future value, uh, of, uh, of of Social Security benefit. And, and I should say that some people uh, do it differently. They look at present value. We look at future value, which is in the software that we use, the Social Security timing uh, software. We exclude COLAs because, because we're, we're just not confident what they are uh, going to be. So th- this this COLA is, is very, uh, very welcome. It, it bumps up the average uh, uh, benefit countrywide to over sixteen hundred dollars uh, a month, and um, that that's for uh, an individual. And um, overall, the um, uh, the the maximum payout uh, actually goes up to about thirty three hundred in rough numbers, about thirty three hundred uh, a month for twenty twenty two. So. I mean that that is an enormous amount of uh, of of money because if, if you look at that on a future value basis, I mean you can you can be talking uh, somewhere between seven hundred thousand to over a million dollars of capital that would be needed to produce this this kind of uh, of benefit. So a million dollars at at three percent is going to be throwing you off. Uh, these kinds of, uh, of of benefits, so um, or about seven hundred and fifty thousand to throw off the, the lower amount of, of benefit, and that's really a function uh, of of current interest rates, which are which are artificially uh, low. And even if more restrictions are imposed on on higher earners. Uh, I don't care how wealthy you are. The benefits are really significant. And, and if you can get the equivalent of three quarters of a million to a million dollars in capital in order to generate a benefit, uh, that's, you know, that, that's really amazing because that's so many times greater than any contribution that you would have made during your working years. Well, that is true. We're looking at some changes coming from 20, for, for 2022. Um, the, um, well, here, all right. So it's, let me say it's one forty two eight that you can make and you make after that point, the rest of the year, you're not subject to payroll tax for the rest of that year after that, but that's going up. Yeah. So in, in 2022, the maximum amount of taxable increase, 
uh, is going to be at 147,000. And there's a certain percentage of the workforce that's going to hit the going to hit the max, uh, and and pay the max uh, into the system. I probably should say that we we don't know what this tax bill uh, is going to require. Uh, there is discussion about some kind of do- donut hole. I heard that, and that- and then. Resuming at at four hundred thousand. So let's but that's say, not the law yet. No, no, it's not. But I have heard that tossed around. For instance, based on this year's number, once you your salary hits one four one hundred forty seven thousand, you stop paying payroll tax until your salary hit would hit four hundred thousand. Right. Uh, that's the whole donut. But that is not. That's nowhere near. That's only been tossed no. around, right? No, okay. uh, absolutely, and absolutely. I mean, this thing is, is changing mm-hmm. uh, ev- every single day. There's a new thing coming out. This is in, that is out. And it's impossible to know at, at this point what the story is. Uh, yeah, you know, is, is going. That's is been going to be. tossed around as a possible fix for the 2034 dilemma. Two more things to hit here. 2022 is the last year to report those coronavirus-related distributions. Yep. Uh, in 2020, the Internal Revenue Service uh, said it was okay to take a distribution up to $100,000 uh, without uh, being subject to the early withdrawal penalty. And uh, anyone who did that could report distributions as income in a lump sum uh, in the year that they received the funds, or they could spread it out over three years. That would end in 2020. Too, but this is the last year to get the coronavirus uh, uh, distribution. I think, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I think we are now at 67 is is now considered full retirement age. For those born after 1960 and later, it's 67, yes. yeah. Yes, and, and I, I think that's going to be normative. Uh, now, uh, at age 67, and that would mean a deferral strategy would be a 24% uh, increase uh, because you, you, if you retired 67, 70 hasn't oh, changed gotcha. at this point. Yeah. It, it would be a 24% bump uh, on the deferral unless they move retirement age uh, out and make it uh, 72 Mm-hmm. Well, who knows? Took, that may happen. Well, no, it could happen, <laughs> yeah. but it took 30 years to go from uh, 66 to 67, and it took about 30 years to go from 65 to 66. Isn't that so, amazing? Wow. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's it, it's done gradually so as not to penalize. Uh, Very gradually. Pe- uh, people. Well, I know that's another thing that's been tossed around, and, and again, I'm— Time is running out. A little more time left to kick the can down the road on that 2034 problem year, unless that comes earlier for the Social Security Trust Fund. One more thing here. Um, Yes, on some things, but not apparently not on everything as far as what you can contribute to your retirement fund. There has been at least one increase in that for 2022. Uh, That's just the 401k for those under 50. Well, I mean, right. for everyone, but their catch-up didn't go up. Right. It, it only went up from uh, 19500 to 20000 
500. The catch-up stays the same at 6,500. 6,500. And the IRA didn't go up any, the limit. No, it it didn't. So I mean, this is this is an this is an area where where they have a different view of of inflation than they than they did on the on the cola. Yeah. Uh, so you know, I, I, the it's pretty obvious that the Congress has a um, dual view of uh, of IRAs and 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 Roths and and they seem to want to push people into 401k plans and, and make that the the retirement vehicle mm-hmm. uh, of choice. But not everybody works for a company that has a 401k That's plan. That's true. A lot of small companies don't and, and are dependent on, on IRAs uh, or cousins of IRAs that can be used in a business uh, setting. So it, it makes this very, very... Uh, difficult, and, and Congress seems to be of two minds uh, on Roths. Uh, on the one hand, they like them because they want to get the tax money uh, up front. And on the other hand, they don't like the tax redistribution. So, I mean, a Roth is always a, a, an arbitrage play about where taxes are now and where you think taxes are going to be uh, in the future. And my bet is that they're they're going to be higher in the future than they than they are now. Yeah. But that's not written in stone. Well, no, no, it certainly isn't. One one more note on this, Fred, um, for the self-employed and and you have small business owners, the amount that they can save in a SEP IRA or a solo four hundred one k that is going up in twenty twenty two from uh, fifty eight thousand and twenty one to sixty one thousand in twenty twenty two. You know, we like we like the solo K, especially for older uh, owner operators, uh, family businesses, husband and wife, uh, two brothers, uh, no employees, or you know, part time or outsourced employees. We uh, we, we think the the solo K is an extraordinary uh, opportunity uh, that. Um, that not enough firms take advantage uh, of, and uh, it ha- it has a lot of interesting uh, provisions uh, in it, and, uh, and we think it makes an awful lot of uh, of sense, particularly uh, in a family business without without uh, employees or without a lot of employees. We have outsourced the you know those services. Well, Fred, the, the, today's podcast was dedicated to how you stay up with it on today and looking at where we are now, uh, because we looked at some of the strategies that may be outdated, uh, and you offered alternative strategies, and also we're looking at some changes that are coming in 2022. So thank you for keeping us up to date on the podcast, and I'd like to thank all those listening for, well, first off, thank you for, I'm gl- we're glad you discovered the podcast, and we certainly hope that you stay with us. Uh, Fred, good job as always. Great conversation. Thank you. You Thank you. You can reach Fred, by the way. It's really easy. Any information that he can provide, and he'll be happy to share with you. Uh, 800-593-8188. If you want to set up a consultation with Fred, any questions you have, 800-593-8188. And stay with us and like, share, subscribe, and please stay with us on the podcast. It is Money Matters USA.
Investment advisory services offered through Money Matters USA, LLC. Fred Sade and his guests provide general information, not individually targeted personalized advice, and are not liable for the usage of information discussed. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles should not be considered investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell in any of these financial vehicles. This information should also not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult with a professional specializing in the fields of tax, legal accounting, or investments regarding the applicability of this information for their situation. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Any comments regarding safe and secure investments and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to the securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing company and are offered through Money Matters USA LLC. By contacting Money Matters USA, you may be provided information regarding the purchase of insurance products.